Hello, and welcome to the Feminine Genius Podcast. This is a podcast that celebrates all women of God and their unique genius. I'm your host, Rachel Wong. I feel like this is a situation that many people can relate to. You're in a stage of your life where you're comfortable, you have a great job, the money is good, and your relationships are in a stable place. But what happens when God calls you out of that security? How do we embrace the call that God has given for our life, especially when it's drastically different from what we've dreamt up? This is part of Jacqueline Lowe's story. She is a trained landscape architect and an ecological planner and designer, but God wanted more from her and he pursued her for many, many years. And when Jacqueline finally said yes, she founded Grace That Reigns Society, a ministry that aims to help people renew their own sense of wonder in God. Here's my conversation with Jacqueline Lowe about faith, trust, and ultimate wonder in God, especially when things don't really pan out the way that you would like them to. Hello, Jacqueline. Hi, Rachel. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you for joining me. We were just commenting before we got started today that it's just so providential that we were able to meet in this brief time that you're in town. So thank you so much for making time for me today. Really appreciate it and um, realize that this is an incredible opportunity mm-hmm. to share our knowledge together and to continue um, with our faith lives mm-hmm. in, a, in a really powerful way. So Absolutely. yeah, thank you, Rachel. Oh, no problem. Yeah. Just to start off, if you could maybe introduce yourself to our listeners and maybe share a little bit about your faith journey. My name is Jacqueline Lowe, and I started a ministry called Grace That Reigns in about 2008. But I was working on Grace That Reigns beforehand. I studied architecture, but I ended up being an evangelizer, speaker, which was not my idea of what I wanted in my life. So being here with Rachel is really unbelievable. And I used to tell people that I thought I'd win like an award as an architect, but this is just not what happened. So my life started with that. And how I got into Grace at Reigns was really a story of me running away from grace that reigns and religion all my life. So it's really God's providence, by His providence, that He drew me to this ministry. But uh, I've used what I've learned in you know architecture school and everything that I've learned as a young person to start to grow this. Mm-hmm. Of course, with a lot of hard work in His providence. When I think about architecture and just being an architect, and interestingly enough, is something that if I could redo my degree all over again, it was something that I would have wanted to go into. Very obviously, there's probably a lot of money that you could have achieved and a lot of wealth and like you were saying, awards and success. What was the defining moment that switched you over from architecture into pursuing full-time ministry? I think it's a complicated question for me because 
my background is, um, you know, I was formed as a Catholic and my parents went to church and brought me to church every Sunday, but I never really embraced the faith. I went to Catholic school in public school and only had maybe three or four years of Catholic faith studies. And then after that, I went wild in high school. <laughs> so it was much fun. I had a series of interventions and encounters with the Lord when I was first 14. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of trying to determine where the Lord was putting me, I went to confession one day and I had an experience of the Lord where he showed me and revealed to me the, the Trinity. And I realized that it wasn't all about me anymore. It was about the fact that the Lord really exists. That was a defining moment. And that moment led me to run away more away from mm-hmm. the Lord because I realized that it wasn't all about me and I wasn't happy about that. Mm-hmm. And so the architecture brought me to a place where I just ran out of the country to Germany and to Malaysia to work in different areas. But through that time, the Lord started to reel me in. And if you can see your way, the way that you continue in your life, you want to go one way. But on the other hand, the Lord was giving me clues as to what his presence was about, what his encounters could be about. And I remember in Germany, he led me up a mountain um, and I opened the doors of this cathedral, which I didn't really understand was this cathedral. I opened it up and saw a number of men dressed in white. I did not know what was going on, but he showed me the mystery of the priesthood. And it was a very powerful experience that let me think, why am I receiving this? But I know this is real, because then I heard the same voice that the Lord was showing me and the same vision of love for these men who I had felt when I was a child from the Holy Spirit. So I recognized the Lord then, and I ran away even further. (laughs) And then I I did that too in Malaysia. I ran further after working in a British architecture firm. Mm -hmm. He showed me things along the way about intercession. And when I came back to Canada, I could not find a job for the next, I don't know, five years. And I thought, I've got this experience, so why can't I find a job? But what the Lord was doing was stopping me from continuing on on this very successful projected route. And my personality is very, just go get it. You know, Mm -hmm. you just do it, what you have to do. And and I really want to succeed. And so the defining moment came when he made these decisions, I guess, on his own to make me ill. So Mm -hmm. the next 10 years, I could not pursue a career as much as I could possibly do because he would stop me every time I moved to a different place. Mm -hmm. I worked in the States. And every time I went, I was ill. So he was saying, Jacqueline, slow down. I've got a plan for you. I've got something special that I want to show you. And I kept running away. I ran away for like 10 years. And then he finally said to me one night in in an image, he said, you know, come back to me. Mm -hmm. So I could not do anything but to think about, okay, let's just stop. Because he had already stopped me in my tracks. And let's listen. So I decided to pray at that moment. Just what are you doing? You know, why are you stopping this for me to do this, to succeed in this career that I wanted? You know, the the whole thing was about me still all the way. And finally, in 1998, I had an encounter with the Lord that was so powerful, so beautiful, but so scary all at the same time that I knew then that he loved me first and second that he wanted me to do something special. And that's what stopped me after all being all the illnesses I had. I couldn't go any further. And I realized that I had to just succumb to this. And God's plan was there. That's what happened. I, I didn't 
I didn't want to not be an architect. I ran away for the longest time. Mm-hmm. So, but he caught me. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Thank you for your vulnerability and just to open up in such a way. And I think what comes to mind is the comparison of what we see as like earthly prestige and the ways in which we want to elevate ourselves and grow. And God saying, but I have something that's so much better that maybe in the eyes of the world, people don't understand and yet can make us so happy. And I really can see a lot of my own life And I'm really thankful that I'm not the only one that experiences something like that. Right. I don't know about you, but I felt like I was going crazy for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How could this be happening? Right. Uh, My parents weren't exactly thrilled because, you know, I came out with student loans. Yeah. But the Lord brought me right then to a different person to help me to understand what his will was Mm -hmm. and what his journey was for me. I ended up working with Father Michael Sweeney of The Calling Gifted, and he was my spiritual director. I learned everything about The Calling Gifted from the background, which was quite neat with Sherry, because we used, in in 1998, 99, we just laughed and just, it was the beginning, well, not the beginning, but sort of a few years into what they were doing, growing the CN Institute. And I would help out and just learn everything throughout osmosis. So that was good. And Father Michael would ask me to start praying with different people. He knew that I had a gift. And so he asked a lot of priests to come to see me. And he asked a lot of other people to come see me so that I would pray with them. So they started getting better. And he was amazed. And I was amazed. That's when he started to realize you have something distinctly different from a lot of people. That's how it happened. Absolutely. Yeah. And it says in, on your biography on the Grace That Reigns website that you have a particular interest in healing. And as some listeners may know, like healing in itself is a very powerful gift. It's a charism. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering how you came to know that you had such a profound gift. When I received my conversion experience, in, when I experienced that, I felt the Lord speaking to me. And from that day, 98 on, I knew that I can hear an interior voice whenever I walk whenever I pray he speaks to me I guess intellectually but in English if you can you know yeah understand that and so he would tell me you know go and pray for that person and he would give me the words pray for that person Mm -hmm. and the first person who received this grace was my dad and he had uh, had an accident that was quite bad and I know he went to the hospital because they were going to give him a you know an operation and a scan Mm -hmm. and I remember standing over him and the Lord speaking to me saying, do you believe you will be healed? Which was farthest from what Jacqueline would say. And he said, he looked at me strangely and he said, yeah, yes. And I said, your faith has healed you. Wow. Now this just came like, just like Jesus, just like that. And I'm yeah. thinking something is speaking through me that I don't know. Wow. It's only been in the last little while that I've been able to share this because it's been, you know, it's vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You, you, and so makes me feel like what really did happen. It took me a long time to process this. Mm -hmm. And the next day, actually, the doctors called home and said, your father's not going for an operation. We looked through all the scans. There's nothing wrong. He had a perforated ulcer before when he came in, and they really needed to get an operation for him and Mm -hmm. take away the remnants of the ulcer. But there was nothing there. It's clean. But what that did for him was amazing because not only did it save his life right. the Lord saved his life but a few years later he became a practicing Catholic meaning 
he had a conversion himself. Wow. So he began to look at scripture and learn everything that he needed about the Bible because he knew something from more powerful than he was mm-hmm. helped him. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that was the first. That was the first ever. Yeah. And we knew, okay, something's very interesting here. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love how you use the word interesting. Yes. Because it's like, I think for me, like, I'd be totally freaking out. And it's like, oh, God. And that is so amazing. Yeah, I've never really considered this gift as something amazing. Mm -hmm. Because in the beginning, you don't understand. At least I didn't understand it. I knew it was happening. Mm -hmm. But I thought, well, I was embarrassed because Mm -hmm. of it. I was more embarrassed because it was happening. And I didn't have a deep faith like all my friends and I didn't know that he could pick me because I was so unworthy. Why would he pick me? What could I do? And he should have picked someone else who was really godly. Mm. And I felt always at a disadvantage. And I still do at times. Mm-hmm. That's why, you know, it keeps me humble because I have nothing to say, I suppose. I'm not a great theologian or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I can't. I'm coming from the outside to a, a, a miracle and a mystery. Mm-hmm. So that's why. <laughs> right. And I guess that's a good segue to just because I know that Grace That Reigns is a ministry that works with priests. And I was wondering if you could maybe talk about what it is that you do and how it is that you serve that community of priests. When I spoke earlier about that experience that I had when mm-hmm. I was in Germany, he showed me the vocation of the priesthood in its entirety, mm-hmm. all of it. And I realized the first initial point was love. What I was made to do, what I was asked to do, was go out, grace it rains, and show God's healing grace and love towards the priests. Mm. That was interesting because it was a point of speaking, like kind of like prophetic. Mm. So I would go and the Lord would give me his voice and give me what he thought these priests needed to hear. And I was to trust in it. Can you imagine something coming from your mouth and you're standing in front of a man with a white collar and you're like, I just got to say what I have to say. Right. And so as that evolved, the Lord made it clear, perfectly clear that these wonderful priests who were serving, some who weren't all perfect, I guess you would say, Mm -hmm. they would come to me for advice. They would come for prayer and they would come because they needed to hear the Lord's voice. Mm -hmm. In Grace It Reigns, I served that ministry of helping to reveal God's interior love for them in that way. And I know that you are also partnered with a very special man who helps you, Bishop Ronald Gilmore. And I was wondering, how did you two meet? Because you were saying that you grew up in Ontario and he was a bishop in Kansas. I know. So how did that happen? Well, I keep saying to him, it should have been like San Diego or like Monterey or some awesome place. (laughs) Not Kansas. (laughs) Yeah. I keep saying, well, you know, I'm an ocean girl, so I keep saying that. But the way we met was also a, a unique this an experience in its own because through Michael Sweeney, Father Michael Sweeney, they were looking for someone to pray for a priest who needed healing. Mm-hmm. And he was in an area where he was in depression. And so he asked around, Michael, Father Michael said, well, why don't you just take Jacqueline? And so I thought, okay, I'll go. I'll be the last time I'm going. I don't want to go. But I did. And he's not interested. He was not interested in the charisms. He wasn't interested in the supernatural at all. But he invited me, which is kind of nice. And we met. And then he asked me to pray for the priest. And I did. And no doctor on this planet could have healed this man but the Lord. And the Lord, through the gift that I had, healed him. Wow. 
And so the priest got better and was able to go back to work. The bishop said, gee, you know, this is unique. So that's the first time I met him. And then they invited Father Michael Sweeney and I think the Siena Institute, I believe, to give a retreat to them in October. I, I met him in July. Right. So, And after that, as it happened, Father Michael had to leave to direct. I think it was the... Uh, he went to Berkeley mm-hmm. and he moved. And so I was left without a director. And so I needed a director, especially because I had no clue what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so... Bishop Gilmore stepped in wow. in 2003, uh-huh. and he's been my director. Off and on, I had different directors, sure. but when he retired then in 2010, mm-hmm. I asked him, I gave him a year, and I said, you know, you have to join me. And I knew this in 2003 when I met him. I saw the Holy Spirit, that God gave me a sign for him, and it was a sash, and it said, may the road rise up to meet you, may the mm-hmm. wind be at your back. That was my favorite line when I was a little girl wow and then he another one came across his waist and it said he is the one and i thought you know if if i didn't get this clubbed over my head i I would have just it's something that just came and and i told him then you would be working with me in this ministry Uh in 2003 and he's like yeah whatever well we'll see how this goes (laughs) because you know they have to be very circumspective of all who people who they meet and yeah and then after he retired I gave him a year, and I said, you discern what you need to do, what you want to do, what the Lord's continuing to call you to. Mm-hmm. And if you say no, you'll be missing a great opportunity to serve. Right. And if you say yes, then we'll get to know each other, and we'll see where the Lord takes us. And so from 2012 till now, 2019, we've been working together at Grace at Reigns. Oh, my goodness. It's been an amazing time. Oh, I bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and just like on both ends, like, you know, the amount of, faith like you can see just how both of you had kind of come together now like you said seven years later you have this extraordinary ministry doing something that really is important for the church it's to really intercede for this community of men that work so hard in our dioceses and our churches and our parishes to keep them well and healthy yeah Yeah, that's true we did a lot of discerning together i took something like three or four years off from being out here in the world, I went to study scripture in Denver. Mm-hmm. And I studied there and I just stayed away from anything that had to do with healing because I needed to know what the Lord was doing and I needed to understand his voice. So for three years, I would say that was a desert time for me. Mm-hmm. And when we got through those three years, he knew and I knew that this was right. So there was a lot of interchange, a lot of anxiety on both parts. We had to learn together. We had to learn the voice of the Lord and go back to ground zero because I had really nothing. Mm-hmm. And my faith life was not like uh, everyone else's. Right. So in that suffering too, in that building of confidence, we really understood how the Lord was working and really together grew in his fashion. Mm-hmm. That was really good. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to know, just like from your perspective, in terms of like just persevering, like when you, when people say desert time, what comes to mind is like 40 years wandering in the desert, Jesus being tempted in the desert. It just, it it connotes something that's almost like negative and scary, but yet God calls us to continually trust in him because he will, like he did with the Israelites, he'll lead them to the promised land. Mm -hmm. And how did you come to persevere like through that time? Because I know it probably wasn't easy for you to wait and rest and see what it was that he wanted you to do next. Yeah, I'm a very impatient person. (laughs) 
And it was nothing like following a schedule that you know you have to get contracts, liability, things created and done in the architecture world. Mm -hmm. But I was also curious. Because I was so curious, that led me to want to wait. Mm. And I wanted to learn what was happening. And I think in those three years, too, I also want to know if I was sane. Being realistic. Um, When this happens and changes your life upside down, you kind of wonder, does God really love me? If you don't have any answers, walking in faith is hard. Surrendering is even harder, like for someone like me. But I think what it showed me was those years walking was how to completely give yourself to the Lord because you knew, you know in your heart that there's something grander out there for you. Mm. So for me, it showed me that there was more to life than trying to follow my own call which already had failed because everything was already failing around me. Mm -hmm. So I had nothing to lose. But what I gained was patience and a rediscovery of who the Lord was in my time. Mm -hmm. And not everyone saying, oh, you got to learn this. You got to learn the rosary. You got to learn this. And you got to find out what this gospel is. No, it was about me really communicating with the Lord and learning through the scripture what he was saying. And that was probably the best time in my Mm -hmm. whole life. Yeah. Now, looking back at it, I would say, if you can do that, if people can do that and take the time, it's the best thing that we, they will ever experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just because God's love really is so personal. So it's like what works for some people, what works for you might not work for me and vice versa. And just the fact that, you know, you took that time to allow him to pursue you. And like you said, in your words earlier, to really learn how it is that he speaks to you. I think mm-hmm. that's so powerful. So right now, when we go out, do mm-hmm. our missions and retreats, it's so much better because I know what he's saying. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if he didn't, if I did not wait on him, if I did not learn with him, I would not know what he's saying. So that's just key to understanding that perfect relationship you have with the Lord, which is always evolving, of course. Mm-hmm. But it was a amazing time. And I want to know too, just uh, yourself and Bishop Gilmore had been doing Grace That Reigns for about seven years now, and maybe like looking to the future, what is next for Grace That Reigns? Well, I've written a book called When Monday Comes, Mm -hmm. and that's a retreat book, and I had it reviewed by several people. It's going very well. So I'm going to continue writing. The next book is a spiritual book about the Holy Spirit and how he has how he works in people's lives because when i do meet people i am shown how to encourage them what their barriers are what their prayer life is like sometimes mm. and how to overcome obstacles that they might not even recognize yeah and i think just to cap it off this whole podcast is around the feminine genius and we were speaking a little bit about that earlier and i was wondering how you may have seen your own feminine genius grow throughout your journey with the lord throughout working in ministry and just over time how he's helped you to grow in that i think it's only recently that i figured this out it's taken me so long (laughs) i think it's because i i'm going through the action of building a ministry Mm -hmm. so i spent a lot of time working on it rather than thinking about it reflecting on it Mm -hmm. so this year i think the lord has given me you know more patience with myself and the ability to just follow him authentically So Feminine Genius is about learning how to do the things that the Lord is trying to ask of us Mm -hmm. as women to be a witness for His grace. And it's only one of me or one of you who can do what we do best. Mm -hmm. 
and it can never ever be repeated again because you are you and I am me. And so he's shown me how unique we are as as women. And he's shown me just lately, working with Bishop Gilmore, what we are to do in this world and why we are together to help affect the world. I see women out there, and when I work with them, who are not confident at times and dealing with past experiences that have not been really comfortable or growing with the faith fears. Mm -hmm. And I think working with Bishop, it's easier that they can come to both of us as a lay person as well as a priest and see that God is working with the lay people as well as bringing us together in communion. Well, not as a stature of a priest, I'm just saying, but to be able to communicate and see them as friends. So I think feminine genius and how I'm growing, how the Lord is helping me to grow this way is to see that this work will impact and help many other women, hopefully, and other people to see themselves as worthy. That's my two cents because I'm still dealing with this. Uh, I'm still growing, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But that's what I'm kind of seeing. There's like a big change in the world because, you know, the priests are now having their own difficulties. And where are there any role models that we can look at now who are working hand in hand in a way that we want to grow together? So we want to grow together. <laughs> and that's the point. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. This is uh, quite interesting, quite fun. I'm glad. It's (laughs) awesome. It's good meeting you. Thank you again to Jacqueline Lowe for coming on to the Feminine Genius Podcast to share more about her personal journey and ministry. To learn more about Grace That Reigns, you can visit them at their website, gracethatreigns.com. I've put a link to their website as well as their social media in the show notes. If you love listening to the Feminine Genius Podcast, I would love it if you shared it with a friend and let other people know that you're listening to it. You can listen to this podcast wherever you listen to your other podcasts. And as well, you can follow us on social media at Pod. We'll talk to you next week, and God bless always.